This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. For many school reformers, test scores have been the name of the game. The federal law, No Child Left Behind, requires that every student be tested in every grade, three through eight, and again in high school. That federal law is still on the books, though states now have more flexibility in implementing it. But teacher unions have criticized the use of tests to evaluate teachers on the grounds that they don't do a good job of measuring what's important. And now Patrick Wolf, a professor at the Department of Education Reform at the University of Arkansas, has issued a paper at the American Enterprise Institute saying that tests don't do a good job of measuring school quality either. Schools can be good at preparing students for college without, doing, without showing great results on test scores, he says. Well, I am pleased to have Patrick Wolf with me on the Education Exchange today. Uh, Pat, it's great having you with me on the Education Exchange. It's good to be here, Paul. So you have been using test scores to measure school quality ever since your days as a graduate student at Harvard. You probably use test scores to evaluate more voucher students than any other living person. Now you're telling me that all that focus on test scores is wrong? I'm not saying it's wrong, Paul, uh, but I will confess that I used to call test scores the coin of the realm for evaluating school choice programs and felt, you know, we've got to look at test score impacts and hopefully look at other student outcomes as well. Uh, and what really prompted this latest uh, analysis was the evaluation of the D.C. Opportunity Scholarship Program that I headed up for the U.S. Department of Education. And we found only mildly suggestive evidence that that program had a positive effect on student reading uh, scores and really no evidence that it had an effect on math scores. But it had a huge effect on the likelihood of students graduating from high school. Uh, and that prompted us to sort of look at other school choice evaluations that have examined both test score and attainment effects. Now, in some cases, we found alignment. Uh, your evaluation of New York City, the New York City privately funded scholarship program, you found no overall achievement effects, uh, but some subgroup effects on test scores. And you had a similar uh, pattern of results on college enrollment uh, later on. But there are also many studies out there of school choice initiatives that have found Basically, test score effects are the opposite of attainment effects. Uh, Josh Angris' evaluation of Massachusetts charter schools found big positive effects of those schools on test scores and actually a negative effect of them on high school graduation. So that prompted us to look more broadly um, at the pattern of results when evaluating choice initiatives based on test scores versus educational attainment. I understand what your project is. Uh, how many cases do you have? How many studies are you, are you working with here uh, in drawing this conclusion? We have 39 paired uh, study findings, that is, test score findings and attainment findings uh, regarding 20 different programs. Now, is, is that enough to draw... Maybe you're not getting significant correlations between just because you don't have enough studies yet. Maybe downstream you're going to see something else emerging. Is that, is that possible? 
Well, this is this is sort of a modestly powered uh, vote counting meta analysis that we're doing, um, and it's possible that with more studies, uh, you know, we could see a clearer pattern. But I mean, in the case of math impacts of a school choice program, we're finding they're actually negatively related to attainment impacts of that same uh, choice program, and and that's that's not something that's going to improve with more cases. It really does look like schools of choice specialize in producing certain kinds of student outcomes, and uh, test score gains are, are different from preparation for college success. Um, and, and so if we evaluate schools based on one of those metrics and not the other metric, um, we're going to get different results. Well, you know, this is completely counterintuitive because if you go back to, oh, even the NLSY studies that were done by the Department of Labor back in the 1980s, they found out that how well a student did on a test in high school it was a pretty good predictor of how much they would earn later in life, not only college, but, but longer-term outcomes. Uh, so there's been, you know, it's in fact such a good predictor that it's as good as family background characteristics. So, I mean, why were they getting such good results at showing a connection between how well you did on a test and, and you're not? Do you have any, any thoughts on that? One is that, is that their study was informed by results from traditional public schools overwhelmingly. Um, so, you know, there was perhaps more of a standardization of, you know, how schools approached uh, promoting student outcomes, and they focused on learning, and, and the students who learned more uh, did better because that was just kind of the standard way that, that public schools approach learning. But in the, in the modern era of school choice, you have a lot more distinctive schools with different approaches to learning that emphasize different outcomes and have different value systems. And it could just be that some of those schools are just really good at, at preparing students for the habits um, and, and values of, of educational attainment even if they aren't boosting their test scores that much. And there are other schools, we often refer to them as schools that emphasize academic press, that really push on the test score side and, and, and promote test scores, and maybe they neglect the kind of training of, of sort of habits of mind and commitment to learning and grit and persistence that really pay off on the attainment side. So I think the fact that there's been much greater specialization of schools and distinctiveness of schools in the modern era could explain why we are seeing this disconnect between uh, test score effects and uh, and subsequent you know long term uh, effects of, of education interventions. So, do you think? I mean, there's a, a new uh, kind of outcome that people are studying called non cognitive outcomes or social emotional learning or there's lots of different names for it. Grit, as you mentioned, is one of them. Yeah, do you think that's the the way that research needs to go in order to get some more near-term outcomes to look at? I think so. I think if if you're doing a short-term study of an education intervention, you should be examining to the extent you can, um you should be examining uh, non-cognitive 
effects of interventions on on such things as conscientiousness and grit and persistence and and student attitudes and behaviors, even as you are measuring test scores. Now, we we don't claim that we should avoid measuring test scores or evaluating interventions based on test scores. We should, but we may be only getting part of the picture, and we certainly shouldn't jump to strong conclusions about the quality of a school simply based on the test score gains it's producing without also looking at these other elements of education like uh, non-cognitive or social behavioral outcomes. Well, both you and I have looked at parental satisfaction and parental reports about what's happening at a school as a way of evaluating the school, but I've found that nobody will ever pay any attention to what I say. They say, well, that's just the parents can't believe anything they say, uh, now, do, does your study shed any light on the parental satisfaction uh, debate? We don't look at parental satisfaction as a school choice outcome. We just focus on student short-term and, and long-term outcomes or student uh, test score and attainment outcomes. Uh, in separate research I've done, uh, I've looked at the patterns of parent satisfaction in the D.C. Opportunity Scholarship Program, the the voucher program in D.C. And one thing that's kind of interesting, Paul, is that the effects of the voucher program and boosting uh, parent satisfaction aligns pretty closely with the objective characteristics of the private schools they're choosing. For example, there's no effect of the choice program on increasing parental satisfaction with the facilities. Of, that their student um, is, is going to for the school. And we know that, that public schools put a lot of emphasis on facilities, and private schools less so. Um, there also was no effect of the D.C. voucher program on parent satisfaction regarding special education services for their child. And we know that in many cases, private schools have minimal interventions for kids with special needs, whereas public schools have much more extensive ones. But in areas of um, the strength of the curriculum, the quality of the teachers, um, the, the safety of the schools, we see big effects of the D.C. voucher program on parent satisfaction. So that does suggest that it's, it's not just cognitive dissidence, that, that parents really can effectively gauge the extent to which their child's education has improved when they exercise school choice in areas where the school they're choosing is is different and better than than the public school alternative they have clear evidence of satisfaction in areas where it it's not necessarily different or better or could even be inferior we don't see parent education uh, or parent satisfaction impacts of choice you know your research is opening a new line of inquiry uh, I don't know that very many people have looked at the individual level, whether a student has, that has high test scores then does a better job of going on to college or is more likely to finish college or whatever. Uh, have you done any work like that with any of your voucher studies? Well, in our analysis of the attainment effects of, of, of vouchers, uh, we generally we, we would leave, lead out we would, we would include baseline test scores, so how well they were doing in terms of student achievement at the start of their experience of choice. We would include those as control variables, and, and of course they do predict higher levels of attainment. They're positively associated with higher levels of attainment. But what we haven't done 
is factored in any achievement of changes that the voucher program or or the uh, another choice program has produced um, as as sort of intermediate outcomes to predict attainment, and we haven't done it because in a sense it's it's part of the of the treatment. It's part of the treatment of private schooling. It's it is is that the the program may or may not boost test scores and then subsequently may or may not boost attainment. You're looking at it from this, this point of view, though. It might be worth doing that. We actually did look at that in our New York study. We fought, found no correlation between whether a student test scores were going up and what happened later on in life. But we never reported that for the reason you just gave. It didn't, it didn't fit the experimental research design. But now I'm beginning to think maybe we should go back there and look at that more carefully. Yeah, I I think that would uh, that would be very interesting, um, and we could do it. You know, in in several of the of the school choice longitudinal evaluations that still have kind of active active databases, is uh, we could look at at whether or not this is reflected at the individual level as well, and whether or not the pattern reinforces this idea that that schools of choice are distinctive and specialized in promoting different uh, student outcomes, and, and not all school of choice can be all things to all students. Well, thank you, Patrick. You've opened up a new line of inquiry, among many other things, and I uh, have enjoyed having a chance to chat with you on the Education Exchange. You're certainly welcome, Paul. I've been speaking with Patrick Wolf. Distinguished professor in the Department of Education Reform at the University of Arkansas and an expert on the evaluation of school voucher programs. I am Paul Peterson. This is the Education Exchange. Please join me every Monday at noon when our weekly podcast is released on the Education Next website.